Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. We're lawyers, mothers, and co-hosts of the bipartisan podcast, Pantsuit Politics. We have more in common than divides us. In a world that defaults to false dichotomies, we explore the messiness of living wisely. The choices, trade-offs, priorities, and grace of living a nuanced life. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Nuanced Life. We got so many comments that you all really enjoyed our marital messiness advice, that we're going to stick with the theme of romantic relationships today. We got two fairly similar questions about dealing with political difference in romantic relationships, and we thought we would share those with you. If you want to submit a question for advice or a commemoration or anything else that you'd like us to discuss here on the show, just remember that you can send an email to hello at pantsuitpoliticsshow.com and let us know in the subject line that that's what you're doing. And we are so grateful that Abby reached out today about her marriage. Oh, Abby, this message. She says, my husband and I have been married for 15 years. And when we first got together, we had very similar worldviews. As time has passed, I have moved from being a very conservative Christian Republican with all the trappings that comes with to being a fairly progressive Democrat. It seems like these days we just disagree on more and more. I feel like he is pushing farther right in reaction to my changes. He's been sucked into the YouTube Facebook conspiracy wormhole and now believes or at least gives serious consideration to things like flat earth theory, the COVID conspiracies and the Epstein Clinton conspiracies. He views my changes in a opinion and worldview as a betrayal of our common values. It's becoming really hard to have any kind of conversation about anything. For instance, I followed stay-at-home orders and worn a mask in public. I'm an Enneagram 1, so the rules are very important to me. He's carried on with his usual life with really no change at all. As every area becomes more politicized, we have less and less in common. Do you have any advice? I love my husband. Despite all our differing opinions, I really think he's a good man. But how do you have a marriage when you are so far apart on everything? This is very hard. I mean, I think that she's right, and I think he's right. I think their values are changing, and they don't have similar values. And I think that's a very big lift inside of a marriage to take on without professional help. I think the first thing is to make sure that he is acknowledging that he's moving as well. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the framing could be you changed and I'm where we agreed to. And this isn't what I signed up for on his part. Nothing is the same as it was a year ago politically. It's just mm-hmm. not what it meant to be a Republican, what it meant to be a conservative, in a lot of ways, what it means to identify as a Christian Republican. All of those things are moving targets in a rapidly changing cultural landscape constantly. So I would try to start this conversation, this very difficult series of conversations with, hey, yes, I acknowledge I have made changes. I think you've made some changes, too. 
And what I'm concerned about is that our changes are leading us in different directions. And that's something Mm -hmm. we need to acknowledge because it's not like either of us are still in this. There is a trajectory here that concerns me. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to say it's taking us different places. If we want to remain married, then, you know, avoiding politics is not a long-term strategy because as you say in your message, it's everywhere. And because like what we see on the show, on Pantsuit Politics, politics is a reflection of your values. And if your values are changing because of outside forces or if they're changing in reaction to one another, that's something you really, really have to deal with. And that's why I said, I mean, I think that because of the defensiveness of any political conversation, but particularly because of the emotions and defensiveness and intensity that can arise inside of long-term committed relationships with this wash of politics over top of it, I think like professional counseling would be really beneficial because then you're going to have that neutral party who can help you navigate if you're heading in different directions. Is that okay? Do you Where do you want to end up? Um, what is important? What values do you still share? You know, I just read an amazing book about nonviolent communication. And his point was, if you are in disagreement, it's not really about values because values are universal. The values of love and honesty um, are really universal. I think that's what you hear in the philosophies of Gandhi and the Dalai Lama and even Christ. And so I think What he says, and I I think it's true to a certain extent, when there is real conflict, it's a disagreement over strategy. And I think you see that in politics. We all want our kids to have a better life, but we disagree about how to get there. We all want to feel safe. We disagree about the threats. We disagree about the ways to address those threats. And I think getting in a counseling situation where you can can really strip away where are we disagreeing about strategy and where can we find common ground about values would be really helpful. Not just because I think that that's always helpful, but I I have a gut instinct that if your husband felt affirmed, you and I love each other, you and I disagree about these things, we both really still care about the future of America. We both really still care about people being treated fairly, whatever it is. If you could disarm that reactionary defensiveness, that reactionary movement, he would lighten up that hardness and that push in the opposite direction of you. I think you're right. That's probably reactionary. So if you can find some space to do what is really difficult emotional work of listening to one another, finding commonalities, disarming that defensiveness, I wonder if he would move some. And heck, maybe you would too. But those particular conspiracy theories, that particular approach to the world, to me, always speaks to a real insecurity and defensiveness and frustration with feeling out of control. So if he feels out of control in the country and now he feels out of control inside his own marriage to his wife, who's changing and abandoning things he thought were important, like you can just imagine how much that would further harden his position. I agree with all of that. I also have an instinct about this situation 
Maybe not for Abby, but I also know Abby is not alone in this experience. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a number of partners listening to this conversation thinking, all well and good, I will never get him to counseling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if that is the situation, let's talk about that. I mean, I think, Sarah, something that you and I really always come to when we have conversations about marriage is that there are lots of different ways of being married. And there are lots of different reasons that people choose to be married. You know, our kind of rom-com view of the world is so incredibly limited when you think about the real choices that we all make in terms of who we want to partner with for our lives. And so to me, if you are feeling this separation and this distance between the two of you widening and the fear that comes with knowing that if this distance between you is about politics and religion, that's going to manifest in so many practical everyday ways. It's going to manifest in how you raise your children if you have them and you have that worry and then you say vulnerably, I'm worried about this. Can we get help? And you're rejected. To me, it means you got to spend some time with yourself, maybe even before you make the ask, thinking about why you're married and what's important to you in this marriage and what you can and cannot work with. And that might counsel you to, to see someone professionally by yourself, you know, if if your husband won't join you. But I, I think that this gets a lot to... If this is how it's going to be, and I have a partner who is, at least in this moment, unwilling to work with me with an outside perspective, with expertise at the table, then let me think about what that means for me and whether it works in the long term when I really get clear on what I want from this marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. I have so many friends that say but I'm never going to get him in counseling. And, you know, we can't make that call for you, but it is deciding if you're heading in different directions and you can, and you have done everything you can do personally to realign those roads, um, how far apart you can get and still stay in the relationship. And, you know, when you are starting to have that kind of conversation with yourself, it feels scary. When you are naming like what is a bottom line for you, I must have this or else, that or else feels terrifying, especially if you are in this place where you're saying like, I love this person. So I don't want anybody to hear this and think that we're suggesting this relationship can't work. And I don't want anyone to hear this thinking that we're suggesting that people who are of different parties can't be married. Of course they can. And we have lots of examples throughout time of people with very different expressions of political views um, being in long-term, happy, rewarding, fulfilling marriages, creating wonderful families. And at the same time, there are different levels of intensity in terms of that distance. You know, my husband and I have some differences. He's still a registered Republican. I'm now a registered Democrat. I know that that is hard. I know that it was hard for him when I changed my registration. He told me so. It is hard for me that he hasn't changed his, and that's fine. But at the same time, our values are still 
aligned in a way that is palpable, especially as we talk about what we want for our children, for our lives, for our family, where we have disagreement. It's the kind of disagreement that I think makes both of us better, where we're working on each other. That can exist beautifully for Abby and for Mm -hmm. lots of people. When you're talking about that sort of conspiracy theory place and when you feel that someone is pushing specifically away from you, that's a different thing Mm -hmm. that does have to be approached differently. So, Abby, we wish you all the care and kindness and compassion and empathy as you approach this difference. And I hope that your husband will agree to some professional help. And if he doesn't, that you find a path forward that is life-giving for you. With everything going on right now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now, a lot of people are asking if it's even possible to buy life insurance. The short answer is yes, you can buy life insurance during a pandemic. And if you have loved ones, depending on your income, you probably should. As an insurance marketplace, Policy Genius is in contact with life insurance companies on their platform every day. They're keeping track of all the changes in the market so you don't have to, which means they can get you covered quickly and for the best price. Here's how it works. Policy Genius compares quotes from the top life insurance companies in one place. It takes just a few minutes to compare quotes from the top insurers to find your best price. This doesn't just save a lot of legwork. You could save $1,500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape for free. So if you hit any speed bumps during the application process, they'll be there to take care of everything. If you're one of the many people looking to buy life insurance right now, but you're not sure where to start, head to policygenius.com. Policy Genius will find you the best rate and handle the process completely. They'll get you and your family protected and hopefully give you one less thing to worry about. We also received an anonymous advice question related to a dating app. This is the first time this person has tried a dating app, but it's quarantine. They have some time and are thinking about this. The app allows you to use tags to describe yourself as a voter or non-voter, as liberal, moderate, conservative, or apolitical, which I have some questions about that apolitical Mm -hmm. label. They have tags for your religious affiliation, but you don't have to put anything and many people don't. Our listener says, I think of myself as pretty similar to you two, church-going Christians, somewhere between the two of you on the political spectrum, and definitely on the same page for social issues. Living where I live, a majority of the men I am interested in, based on age, education, and career, use the Christian and conservative tags. I haven't been discounting these guys in hopes that they just mean small government conservative. 
But after talking to one of them on the phone yesterday, I think I've been too hopeful about that. This guy was throwing around a lot of skepticism about coronavirus being something we need to take seriously. The U.S. being the greatest nation in the world, among a few other MAGA-flavored red flags. So my questions are, how would you two and your husbands currently identify yourselves with these tags? Or are there any you would leave blank? In today's climate, should I even consider anyone willing to brand themselves conservative as a reasonable person to consider starting a relationship with? Conversely, how should I identify myself? Just go all in and call myself liberal Christian voter and let anyone put off by that self-select themselves out? Almost seems like it would be easier to convince someone to come to church with me than to change their politics. So I'm struggling to determine what my order of importance on these characteristics should actually be or if they should hold any weight at all. Super interested to hear what you think about this strange social experiment and if you have any big sister advice for me, which I love so much. Oh, I love this question so much. First of all, the greatest tragedy of my life is that I did not date during dating apps because I think I would have rocked them so hard. My first thing is you should absolutely clearly and authentically label yourself and let people self-select. That's my first piece of advice. How would it in any way, shape, or form? To me, it's like it's an easy way to filter them out. If they don't like that you label yourself that clearly, cool, keep walking. Like, to me, that's the first step. Like, yes, absolutely label yourself a liberal Christian voter and see who self-selects out. Like deal with your own labels before you start thinking about somebody else's. What do you think about that, Beth? I don't know that that's the right advice for everyone, but this is clearly important to this person or we wouldn't have gotten this email. And if it's Mm -hmm. important enough to you to be asking the question, then I agree. Put it out there. Here's what I see with my friends who date on uh, dating apps. (laughs) They don't label like they do a little of the self-selecting label labeling, and then they get so mad when the men do it. And I'm like, but um, I have questions. I have questions and concerns about this approach. I think it is really important. There are so many aspects of being a human that we lack awareness of about ourselves and other people. And part of being in a long-term relationship with someone or any relationship of any duration is this constant uncovering of a new layer about you, about them, about the way the two of you exist together. And so where you are able to disclose up front, here is a thing about me Mm -hmm. that is going to always be, that is going to Mm -hmm. always be part of the discussion, that is always going to influence how we interact. I do think it's good to put that out there. Listen, I fell asleep in the car on the way home from my first date. It is a thing about me. That was disclosed <laughs> up front, you know, and we joke about Chad knew what he was getting right from the get go. I think it's just really I'm making light of it. But I think that if it is that important to you and it should be, that's a that's a great yep. thing about you. I agree. Like put it out there and don't spend time with people who are going to automatically reject you because of that aspect of your personality. Yeah, I think that the more you can authentically show up as yourself, the better response you will get. The thing I find true of universally in my human experiences, I'm not saying it's not always hard, but it's always best when I show up as my authentic self. You know what I mean? Like it's not always, it's sometimes hard because listen, I'm an acquired taste. I get that about myself. It's okay. But the relationships I have where I showed up authentically from the beginning are without a doubt the strongest and most fulfilling relationships. The one thing I want to add is that I think that using these tags for you 
interestingly helps you navigate a difficult dynamic that comes up specifically in communities that would talk about themselves as sort of conservative Christians, because I don't think you want to out of hand dismiss any man who describes himself as a conservative Christian, probably. What I do think you want is to have a man who could describe himself as a conservative Christian who is married to a liberal Christian and who could handle a woman being assertive enough to put herself out there that way. You know, because conservative can mean, hey, I, I like local government more than I like federal government. It can also mean I will be the head of the household and you will be subservient mm-hmm. to me and a whole range of things surrounding all of that. And I feel like letting yourself be that marker, this is who I am, so that you don't have to discern whether you are talking to a man who uses those labels about himself and whether he can make that room for you is a good direct way to get through what is a really yucky, miserable, uncomfortable aspect of dating within some communities. Yeah, I mean, I think you can you can get through that filtering process. It's just going to be a lot of work. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's not going to be, listen, I don't think there's anything probably easy about dating online, but I think finding the man who will label himself that and then be down for a liberal wife is, I mean, maybe not like a needle in a haystack, but perhaps something only a slightly larger than a needle in a haystack. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I think people are at different places in, like, how they're viewing those words, which is part of what makes it so hard. Right. And I I think, you know, what I was going to say is what I wish they had a label for is curious, ready to learn, ready to be wrong. Because I think that matters more than anything else. My husband and I share those labels. Probably not. I would probably differ pretty significantly on the religious labels, even though my husband goes to church. I think I'm more invested in that identity than he is. But politically, we are very aligned. And I think the t- but the toughest parts in our marriage and I think the difference that comes up even in political conversation are points where I felt like he was not willing to be curious, that he was not willing to admit that there might be more to it like he had I think that he has a bit more reactionary this is going to shock y'all because I sound so emotional on the podcast but I think that he's even like more reactionary and is willing to just let's put it this way I am the more grace-filled member of our (laughs) that's my job of our uh, political duo but and I think where we where we've really had tough conflicts is this feeling of like you don't want to move like you're not willing to listen or move or change or be curious about any of this. And that's even what concerns me the most about our previous question. Like if you are it's very difficult to get somebody to move from a conspiracy theory like it's it's the adaptability, the fluidity, the ease, the just the willingness to learn and the curiosity. I think that matters the most. I totally agree with that. I wish that there were different labels out there to use because, look, I don't want to pretend that anybody is using these words the same way. I don't want to pretend that I would be using them the same way did I not host a podcast about politics. I think that for me, conservative means something more narrow than I want it to in large part because of my experience traveling around the country with you talking about this stuff. 
if I didn't do that, I might be a person who is still saying, no, I'm conservative. What the Republican mm. Party has become is not. And I'm not going to give get rid of that label just because they're squandering it on this one guy. Right. I mean, I I think I would probably feel enormously differently if we didn't put all of our thoughts on the Internet for people to react to and respond to. That's interesting. Say more about that. What do you mean? I mean, I, I really think that it's possible that if we were not doing our work in public and I were not constantly exposed to beliefs that challenge mine, to just life experiences that I don't have, to people who react differently and strongly to terms like conservative and Republican, I might still be holding on mm. to those thinking, how do I make a difference in this party? You know, a huge thing that motivated me to change my party affiliation was seeing and experiencing in a physical way the energy in a room when I was introduced as a Republican, not from white women who are Democrats, from people who are here on DACA status, from people who are transgender, from people who are black and brown, from people who have more directly than I could ever experience the impact of policies that this administration has put in place under the label of conservative Republican leadership. And experiencing that physical reaction made me realize that as at least insofar as I am a person who some sliver of the public listens to, has interest in, cares about, follows on Instagram, whatever, that using those words about myself created a distance and a a presumption and a hurtfulness that was unacceptable to me. I do not think that is true for every person on earth. And I think it is wonderful and important for people who share my views and believe they still have an opportunity to make a difference within that party to try to do it. If that's their calling in their work, I want them to do it. And if labeling themselves in in that way is as much a political stand as changing my registration was for me, then I would hate for them to be placed under a basket of assumptions that don't apply to them. And so that's why I would have openness to how other people identify, but be really transparent about how I identify as we go into the conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah. And listen, I mean, what all of that struggle is baked into the dang process. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's like baked into the idea of online dating. There has to be some sort of way to filter and label built into the whole process And it's just really difficult to do with human beings. And it's never going to quite capture it. That's why, again, I think the best approach is to fully, authentically, as openly as you can, put yourself out there and let the selection happen from the other side instead of, because that's the only thing you control, right? Like, you know, you put yourself out there authentically. You have no idea if the other people did. Um, you have to you have to hope that they did, but they definitely it seems to me like that's not always what happens in online dating. So since that's the only thing you can control, you can only hope that putting yourself out there will will attract to you. And if you're a believer in. Uh, yeah, the law of attraction, the law of attraction. 
which, you know, should not be applied in healthcare settings, but maybe not be that bad of a deal in online dating, then hopefully that's what will happen. Okay, so tell me the tags that you and Nicholas would use, you think, since we've been directly asked. (laughs) I mean, I would, obviously, I would use liberal. He would definitely use liberal. I would use voter. He would definitely use voter. He would, see, I don't know if he would tag as Christian. I would, but I don't know if he would. I I think he would, but we'll just have to ask him and put it on social media. I'm sure he'll love that. Um, I, you know, depending on how this like if there is a party identification, I probably would either describe myself as like a conservative Democrat if that were available or just a straight up moderate. I'm probably more likely to say I'm a voter. I'm a moderate. If there was like a uh, spiritual, not religious affiliation, that's probably what I would check. Otherwise, you know, I'm I would probably select Christian. I don't know. Chad would definitely leave that one blank. He would call himself libertarian if that were available. I think if it were just liberal, moderate, conservative, apolitical, he would choose moderate and voter also. And you know what an algorithm would do in that situation? I don't know. Because it's so hard to say, like, what's the priority? I mean, the way that I just talked about that makes it sound like church is not a hugely important part of my life. And it is. And also, I have a little bit of wariness about what those selections could mean in terms of other people and their views. You know, Chad does not regularly attend church with me, but he does some. And that's an arrangement that we're both really happy with, I think. And and so it's hard to describe kind of how we are, are and are not on the same pages spiritually. But I feel really at peace with that within my marriage. And so there are just so many aspects. Again, it kind of gets to like... What is your marriage about to you and how do you want to function within it or your relationship if if you don't ever intend to be married? What like what what do you want to go on here? And I think those tags don't let you kind of elevate the priority or set those dials the way that you can for yourself. Well, live podcasting, I texted Nicholas and he said that he would not label himself as a Christian on an online dating profile because it's not that big of a part of his identity. So I nailed it. Pat myself on the back over here. Well done, you. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, I've been with him since I was 19 years old. If I don't know him well at this point, I don't know what to say. And yet you will continue to uncover layers because that is what that's what it is. Layers of his mess. See previous podcast episode. <laughs> Best of luck to all of you out there navigating these dating apps and to this listener in particular. Thank you to both of you for sharing this vulnerable, difficult, thorny, relatable part of life with us. We look forward to being here with you again next week. Between now and then, be sure to find us on Pantsuit Politics. Keep it nuanced, everybody. Dylan Garvin produces The Nuance Life. Elise Knapp is our managing director. The Nuance Life is listener supported. Go to patreon.com slash the nuance life. For $5 each month, you'll receive an entire bonus episode of The Nuance Life. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. Dylan Garvin is the composer and performer of our ad music. For more information about The Nuance Life and to connect with us through our weekly email, visit pantsuitpoliticsshow.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.